you still will have your cojones. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. In the morning, Larry, episode 77. Oh, baby, you know, I'm so mad at myself. When we Last week, I, I promised I would have a 77 Sunset Strip uh, theme show clip to wedge in here, but God damn it, I forgot. Oh, well. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Like I was uh, very disappointed to come to uh, L.A. and realize there is no 77 Sunset Strip. That was an invented address. But, you know, what the hell? It's Hollywood. Right. Nothing's real in Hollywood. Nothing's real. Why would we expect it to be? Yes. A lot of real in Chicago. Although when the weekends cool down, the numbers come down a little. 18 shot, one killed only. Only one. Hmm. Well, at least that's all that was reported. Yeah. Whether you believe that or not, that's another story. Who knows what to believe? Hard to say. It is an interesting news day for the news. It sure is. Like, whoa. Tucker gone from Fox and Don Lemon gone from CNN. Maybe they'll join forces. Maybe they will. Point counterpoint. Be like Tim Leary and uh, what what was that guy's name? Uh, G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah. Back in the day, well, that was it. That was interesting television. Yes, it was. A little bit of an argument having people from both sides. This is one of the biggest problems we have. But Don's a little under-equipped. That's not quite a fair fight. Well, I think that's true. On the left, you know, so. (laughs) Tucker is, uh, he is pretty vicious when it comes down to being able to make his points and, uh, and let everybody cry when they can't come back with anything. Yeah. Which, you know, he's not dumb. Yeah, Don is, uh, well, when you were raised to believe you were special and you didn't have to earn what you were doing, you didn't have to work hard. Yeah. But Don can always turn on the tears. Well, right. He's pretty good with that. True. True. Yeah. But that's what we need more of is the, and there's that is mentioned in uh, one of the clips I've got from, uh, from our buddy Keith Olbermann once we get to there. But I thought it was interesting. Oh. I know. Well, <laughs> we got to bring Keith in. And I, and I brought some clips that, uh, you know, of course, Keith is enraging. But our buddy, who is becoming quickly my favorite liberal, is Bill Maher, mm-hmm. who is coming back around against all of the woke stuff. And I've got a clip from him. So we'll save that because that one's fun. So we'll after we enrage everybody. Okay. But he did. It was like a five minute bit. I don't know if we'll, how much we'll get through, but he came up with a new thing, an award show that he's going to do. He says once a year for people that stand up to cancel culture. And I'm like, damn, mm. I like this bit. Yeah. I mean, we do it every show, but I mean, he's got a bigger audience, I suppose. 
I guess maybe it's like, I like that bit that more people need to do it. So more people can understand what's going on. But the Tucker thing, I'm wondering it has to be related to them paying out on the dominion lawsuit. I would guess one would think. So how would that work? Let's, uh, let's try to figure that out. Cause it's like, that was, you know, 700, whatever million. Right. I think Tucker was a big part of the problem as far as spreading those horrible lies, which aren't really, but lies. he wasn't named in the suit. They named it Maria Bartiromo and some, I think it was another Fox person. I think so. Tucker was never named in the suit. So he never, he was, you know, I think he, Tucker is an attorney, if I'm not mistaken. I think he is. And he was uh, guarded enough in his speech not to uh, trip a wire so that they could come at him with that. Well, that's probably what the folks over at MSNBC and CNN are better at. Because anybody that thinks there's honesty in the news media is, on either side is missing the boat. Hmm. So why was this the first one? the huge lawsuit to cost a ton of money. Yeah. And it's like this, did Fox not know? And I, to be fair, this didn't seem like something that would interest me. So I did not follow it very closely, but I would just think that the hosts on Fox Fox news would cover their ass with, you know, anonymous sources say, or, you know, according to anonymous sources, or, you know, you let somebody else come on Mm -hmm. and say, what it is you believe and that way again you cover your ass like well we were just interviewing this guy and right you know that's what this random guy with no money said feel free to go sue him because that's Mm. not going to get you anything yeah so it was an interesting payout it was a lot of money but it wasn't a lot of money in the fox world it was a lot of money in the real world but i think even a fox 700 million plus bucks is a lot of money even to those guys yeah it adds up it's not like it didn't hurt them but to me this is kind of like the basketball player making 50 million a year getting a million dollar fine it's like yeah well i think it's heavier than that but yeah we have to see what uh what the hell the yearly revenues of the whole fox empire is but i i would think that that's a that's a pretty serious uh stab wound yeah somebody i think mentioned it's about what they what they bring in fox news in six months so i mean it is it is a big kick in the pants yeah, but it's not anything that they can't come back from. And then all of the usuals, including the, uh, you know, Keith Olbermann's, the, the response is that, uh, well, they got away with it. Oh, no, like got away with what? I still don't really even understand yeah. what the uh, the whole bit to do was. But then again, that's why I'm a podcaster. I noticed you had a Tucker clip. I mean, is that a good place to start now that he's we, we gone? Could, we could get to that. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, it is fascinating, though, why, why he, uh, you know, ankles now. And was it his idea or Fox's idea? Right. Um, you know, but he's got, you know, as, as the boys would say, his only uh, his only possible uh, play from here is, is really the value for value one. He's never, you know, he's had like almost no sponsors. Nobody will touch him. He's radioactive. In the woke world of Madison Avenue. And uh, so he's got to kind of, you know, if he's going to do this, he's got to do it our way, doesn't he? I think. And I think he could do that well. Yeah, sure. Because anybody that walks into it with the audience, and if this is something that is, you know, they're saying 
this breakup, as you know, people often do, was mutual. I don't know if I buy that, but I guess especially if Fox gives him an opportunity, you know, by having whoever's taking his place or other people on the network, if he gets his own thing up and running Mm -hmm. or he could do an interim play and go work for Glenn Beck or something over at the blaze. If he wants to be up and running immediately because they have the infrastructure there. Yeah. And it would really help actually Beck. That would be a great place for him to fall. Even if it's only momentarily because you know, the mug club club guy just left. So uh, with Crowder leaving, I think Tucker would become your immediate cleanup hitter on that network. Oh, no doubt. But I mean, he really was the tentpole for Fox anyway, you know, for Fox News. He dwarfed everyone else. That's why they kept him around. It wasn't when he's, he wasn't making any money for them, literally, you know, but he certainly uh, he certainly kept the eyeballs in place, which, uh, you know, Fat Neck Hannity and a few others don't, don't seem to be able to do. <laughs> well, they, well, they were hoping that the people that were watching Tucker would leave the television on and accidentally watch some of the other programming that Fox and they did. Yeah. And they did. Sure. Because if you're part of that crew, I mean, you're not flipping over to CNN, you're not flipping over to MSNBC. No. So the, uh, you know, Fox has the conservative eyeballs at this point. There are one American news and the first and a couple of other, small little outlets but i don't think anybody takes them all that seriously yeah so fox is still it even though they've gone from being fairly conservative in your lifetime and my lifetime to now they're kind of in the middle i don't even think they're all that conservative oh no no not at all and they haven't been for quite some time especially since uh rupee stepped aside and let the kiddies take the wheel um you know there's been a big big swing to the left there it's unmistakable. Yeah. Now, yeah. Tucker, he was he was clearly on one side. Yes. Yes. But he can do, I think, if he fell into his own thing. I mean, we have been talking about Bill O'Reilly, which, again, another Fox guy who left the network, started his own thing and seems to be doing fairly well, because I don't even know what kind of numbers you need, because O'Reilly's subscriber base and this is just from things he says, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it would appear to be at least half a million people that are paying the 69 to $129 a year. Oh, dear. Yeah, that, that adds up Yeah, when you're doing four <laughs> shows a week for 45 minutes and releasing you know, your, your own thing. That adds up really quickly. Yeah. So if Tucker can walk into something like that right off the bat, it makes leaving Fox a little more palatable. And then he never has to worry about somebody higher up ringing the phone like, oh, yeah, you can't talk about that. It would be Tucker Unleashed. Can you imagine? Yeah. Interesting, wouldn't it? It would be entertaining. I wonder if he'll say bad words like I do. See, now that would be even more fun. <laughs> oh, I have heard him on some podcasts and stuff. He'll drop some F-bombs and stuff when he's not on broadcast. So, yeah, or cable. Oh, yeah. DigiGuru also pointing out Bongino was just let go as well. Was he? Yeah. Whoa. That's bon- big. Now, Bongino, that one I heard a little bit about and I didn't understand because he was mad that something that was part of an interview, was it an interview with Trump maybe? 
it was something that part of the interview was edited when Fox posted it to YouTube. And for that, I don't really know how much I can blame Fox, but he went nuts that they were censoring them and all that. It's like, I think this is more of an entity like Fox understanding what YouTube will and will not allow. And if Donald Trump in the interview said something like the election of 2020 was absolutely false and well, you know, the uh, the YouTube people are going to be like, nope, can't say that. I think, well, Bongino then must have a very short memory because he was kicked off YouTube for exactly that reason. And he's his, his, uh, all, all his stuff is on rumble now. Right. So, so I don't know if he thought Fox should fight a different thing or that they should get kicked mm-hmm. off of there. I could see if you're somebody like if we started posting clips on YouTube to try to get people to listen to the show, we would have to select those clips very carefully. Yeah. And I have no problem with that because you know the rules, what the YouTube rules are, whether you like them or not is irrelevant. They're the ones in charge of enforcing them. And they suck. Yes. But they have a lot of eyeballs. So a lot of people want to use that, their algorithm to try to get more people. And I understand that Mm. you just have to work in their little uh, sandbox. But it is interesting. Okay, Bongino out of a job. Tucker Carlson out of a job. Don Lemon out of a job. Yeah. The news media landscape changing fairly quickly and what's going to take it the is. place? Maybe more Jen Pisakis? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Corinne well, Jean Pierre can be a talk show host. Oh, she will be. There's no are you kidding. There's no doubt about that. No, no it's foregone conclusion. But yeah, you could play that Tucker clip and, you know, I'm, I'm not so, I wouldn't be so uh, egotistical to think that he's listening to my show. But it is curious that this clip he's, uh, he has came out after my last episode, which was very late, I might add. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Some shit's been sort of uh, bedeviling me and it posted it like two days late. It was, was not on or about th- Wednesday. It was like on Friday. Oh, it's close but, enough. Uh, I mean, it was four. Close th- enough. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Remember, it was 420 over this last weekend. Oh, I see. I don't I don't do that shit. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> but everyone, the listeners yeah. are like, what? There was. Wow. <laughs> what? What's going on, man? No, I've never been into that stuff. But uh but in, in that episode, which is called uh, Who's Killing America, it's really, it's, the premise is that um, what, what's happened in the American political, really the global political arena at this point, has, has transcended politics. And it really, truly is a, you know, a battle between good and evil. It's, it's, it's not political anymore. It's theological. It absolutely is. And so you could, you could punch up Tucker and hear his take on that. It's pretty good. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? What does nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims of rape, I, you know, I get it. I, 
Of course I understand that, and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Yeah. No, no. I, just, I mean, I, you can't. I mean, you can argue with that, but you have no leg to stand on. Yeah. And it's interesting that people don't see it. Those on the left would never come close to comprehending when Tucker says it is child sacrifice. They'd be like, what do you mean? That's crazy. No, it's not. It's like, well, then explain it to me. Explain to me the procedure that's happening, and then we'll talk about it. But this, again, is where you have a whole generation where words have been either changed the meanings of outright or have been twisted. All of this, Mm -hmm. oh, gender affirming care. Oh, you mean cutting their uh, dick off? That's what gender affirming care means. Why do you have to come up with the pretty words for it? Sure. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's now it's, it's women's reproductive rights, which is the new way of, of, of whitewashing the word abortion, which is also kind of clinical and a little bit easy. Call it what it is. It's killing a baby. That's what it is, you know, but everything has to be, has to be, um, painted with, um, with a little bit of camo paint, doesn't it? Seems that way. Yeah. Well, you're, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So like, that's what that is. Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. Yeah, that's a religion of evil. It is. It absolutely is. And, and nobody seems to want to face that, you know, but that's what it is. Well, this is why you had to get rid of the conventional American family. This is why they went after religions of all sort. Because you can't have people looking to those things. You got to replace that with something. Well, yeah. And again, that was I should have actually I was going to call my previous episode man is God. But I thought who's killing America would be more um, more of a tease. But that's really what it is. It's, It's people when you find. If only real atheists were really atheists, there'd be no problem because a true atheist just says, well, I don't believe in any God. There is no God and that's it. But in fact, they never really are. What they do is they replace God with the state and organizations and people. And that's that's how you get Hitler's. That's how you get Stalin's. That's how you get Mao's. That's exactly how, how it happens. There is no other path. And that's where we are. They're just using different rallying cries. Well, just worshiping something else, you know, what's right. a fucking golden calf? I mean, it's, it's something. There's kind of an innate desire in people, uh, something, you know, to, to recognize, at least, if, you know, people who have, who have uh, intellects better than a goat, to uh, understand that there's, uh, there's got to be a higher power. Somebody else is pulling the, the levers here, and, it's, uh, and he's a lot smarter than any of, of, we, of, of, any of us. Um, but, you know, they, they just, they just um, offload that to, um, to government. You know, and that's that's what they worship. And it's true. They do. 
Well, that's the new thing. I mean, Hitler had his, he wanted the master race. Yeah. That was his dream. Now you have climate change. Yes, you do. You got to do everything you can to save the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you go back and watch the media coverage of this, especially since 1970. Because in the 70s, they thought it was going to be another ice age coming. They did indeed. It's like that didn't happen. Wow. It's like, so you were that far off about this, but the same people now, they know what's going on. I don't, I don't understand how somebody that makes that big of an error, you go, ah, that's okay. We'll, we'll still put a hundred percent of our faith in you. But then you should mention climate change because I have a clip of alert John Kerry uh, braying about just that mere days ago. Oh, well. I know he likes to take his private planes out there. Yes, he does. <laughs> because he's above the fray. He's above the fray. He's, you know, he's so important. He's got, he's got important shit to do. So, of course, he gets to buzz around on a Gulfstream 5, whatever the fuck he's got. Of course he does. And it's interesting, though, when you watch how quickly it went from what was wrong with the environment, the climate went from, hey, we are polluting our air in our water that is a hundred percent true yes but that very quickly pivoted because i think most people would agree i don't want to have the water that we're drinking be polluted i don't want the air to be polluted everyone wants clean air and water everyone but coming up with this concept that man-made climate change is causing the planet to accelerate the amount of heat in the overall atmosphere and what we're experiencing on the planet it's like does it make sense when you know because there have been records for hundreds of years that we know there were warm times there were cooler times there were ice ages there were all sorts of different things going on long before we had the industrial revolution yes and it was a cyclical thing nobody ever wants to talk about how active or how far the sun is away from the planet no it's like nobody understands and i for those people i mean i came up with a great test about 15 years ago which is take a halogen light bulb and move their hand or their face closer and closer to that light bulb until they can't stand it and go do you understand where the heat comes from (laughs) right just ram it right in there until their skin sizzles finish the job there darren Uh uh-huh and if you turn it (laughs) off you know what happens everything gets cooler immediately but the earth is not make if you turn the sun off if you turn the big halogen bulb in the sky off we go into an instantaneous huge freeze problem because that's where the heat comes from yeah i don't think most people on earth at this point even understand that the sun is where the heat comes from no they don't they do not and they don't understand that uh, you know, even kind of a half-assed volcano blow has a, has a much more uh, profound effect on, on the climate than, uh, than people do. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. When you compare what kind of particle percentage that puts out into the air yeah. than what planes and cars and everything else put out. But this is the path we're going on. Even NASCAR said within, I think it was 12 years. They were going for a like zero carbon emissions vehicle. It's like, good luck with that. So electric cars, I guess that would have to so, be. So the, so, so then the Indy 500 will be the Indy 50. 
you'll have to well or you'll have to change those batteries pretty quick that'll be the new yeah. thing fully charged batteries and wasn't there didn't you see a thing from i you know shame on me i didn't read the full thing but um car and driver did a kind of a explosive uh, piece saying that all the ev manufacturers are bullshitting about the range of their cars do you see that yeah well i can imagine that because you might be giving a perfect scenario when the battery right. is brand new what you can get mileage wise sure you're and you're driving in florida not uh the, the rocky mountains yeah no wind no wind or it's at your yeah. tail that would help even better yeah yeah and not a lot of starting and stopping because like a gasoline engine if you're on the highway cruising and you never have to take your you know put it on cruise control and don't touch anything mm-hmm. gas mileage is great yeah you go that same trip with stop and go you're not going to get as much miles per gallon on that no the other interesting thing i thought uh after seeing the parking garage collapse i think in new york that they now believe maybe it was because of all of the electric vehicles which weigh way more than a normal car i saw that yeah it's like oh so wait our infrastructure is not made for this Mm. when do we have a bridge full of nothing but electric vehicles that collapses because it's like well (laughs) we weren't uh, planning on that much weight so sorry about that but yeah i don't understand the all nascar electrical concept maybe it'll work maybe it won't i doubt it yeah the battery thing that's not uh where we need to be and then when you understand what kind of resources you need to have the battery power it's like in that you don't think that's hurting the world's resources what the kind of metals and things that you need for those batteries oh yeah lithium's not easy to get and um and let's forget about the exploding of said batteries if they light yes. on fire. Yes. Well, we'll see. I mean, unless they can figure a way to charge these things in the same in time interval as it would be to, to jam 20 gallons of gas into your combustion-driven uh, car, um, it, I don't see it um, ever replacing it. And, and not to mention range. You know, it's got to, it's got to, the range has to go up and, and the, and the re- the recharge time has to really be reduced dramatically for these things to ever um, have any any hope of overtaking gas-powered cars, I think, or diesel. Yeah, and having enough power on the grid to power all of those cars. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Because if everybody plugs their cars into a one circuit, it's not going to give you as quick of a charge. No. It's kind of like what sharing. What do you in Chicago? Because it's, the, I look around here and I think, fuck, I, I, I got to believe that probably something like north of 50% of Tesla's sales are in Los Angeles County. I swear to God, you drive around on a freeway here, probably one in five, one in six vehicles are Teslas. Yeah, they're still fairly rare to see on the streets around they're us. Everywhere here. I mean, everywhere. Is it virtue signaling or is it, well, you do have nicer weather them. there. I'll give you that. I don't talk to these. I don't talk to <laughs> You're the only person I talk to week to week. When this when this mic goes dead, I shut up for seven days. You're like, I don't need to talk to anybody else. <laughs> now the electric cars are great in warm weather. Now in Chicago, I hate to tell you, it doesn't stay warm. It gets a little chilly, and that's when ga- gas-powered vehicles are going to win. Which sure. is why you mentioned on the last show, it's like I want something that doesn't even have the uh, computer in it. So when we get the electromagnetic pulse, I can oh. fire it up and go cruising. Hell yeah. 
And just for the fa- fact of not being tracked, I mean, I find the idea of, of, you know, there essentially are black boxes in every car made since I think 96. Fuck that. Nobody biz- nobody's business what's going on in my vehicle, but mine. I agree. Unfortunately for people that live in a metropolitan area, though, it doesn't even matter what's in your car because there are so many street cameras now. Yes. That you're going to be tracked no matter what. Yes. Now, if you have to really get off the grid, you need to be out like in the desert where you like to go. Right. Where cameras fear to tread. That's. that's yeah, but we, then um, what did I hear that? Was it. Um, was it Gates? Somebody. Saw, uh, yeah, I, was, I saw her thing by uh, Bobby Kennedy, who's getting more and more interesting. I got to say, as a presidential candidate, what that guy said, he's saying is very interesting. He said, does this number sound crazy, Darren? Am I nuts? Or did he say that either Gates or some other. Uh, you know, Blofeld type character is planning on putting something in the in excess of 400,000 satellites in orbit. So every fucking square inch of, uh, of this sphere is under surveillance 24 seven. Well, there are a lot of people that want a lot of satellites. I didn't hear that, but I know that is something that, uh, of course, Elon Musk wants for his Starlink. I know Bezos wants, you know, there's in Gates, yeah. everybody wants their own satellites. That's a lot of space junk too. There's a lot of space junk. I don't know what happens when they all start falling to earth, but we'll be long gone. So that's okay. (laughs) Nothing to worry about here. The climate's not exploding. Unlike uh, what they want to tell you. It's always interesting when these guys like John Kerry come up with what they think is the issue. So let's listen to this clip here. Okay. In a recent NBC poll from August, voters rank climate change as the fifth most important issue. Can you make the case for it being number one? It's getting hotter. There are going to be more intensive weather events, and it will cost us an awful lot more money. Wait, we've been hearing this for years, and it never happens. Yeah, but you know what happens is they every time there is, as he calls a weather event, it's actually, you don't need that second word. It's just weather, Johnny boy, lurch. Um, But they always add that in. You know. They, they, they act as if this has never happened before. Like we had this big fucking torrential flood in Lauderdale a couple of weeks back. You know, well, shit like that has happened before. And there's always been extreme weather and there always will be. And that's just the fact. But they, I guess people have, don't do their due diligence. They have short memories, whatever. You know, it's, but that's the way they behave. Neil Jones, the clip custodian, reporting in the troll room that 400,000 satellites have been approved for low Earth orbit. Well, there you go. Thank you. That's a lot of satellites. It's a lot of fucking shit hanging around up there. Yeah. You at least yeah. hope you get a good cell signal. I could do without that. You know, I, I, you know, I lived a lot of my life without any cell signal and I did OK. So just saying. So as that happens, as people see their farms, you know, the crops ripped away or their homes destroyed, you watch the pressure grow. And I believe we're in a transformational moment. I think this will be one of, if not the, but it'll be one of the top three issues in the 24 presidential election. No question in my mind. It will not. It will not. But he's hoping there will, because that's his job. His job security depends on it being a pivotal issue, doesn't it? (laughs) Not that he needs the job. I think he's married to some billionaires or something, isn't he? I believe so. I think he is, yeah. You know, he's uh, Heinz Carey, so I think that is the Heinz. Okay, that's it. Yeah, the ketchup fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. there's a lot of money in ketchup. A lot of money in that stuff. Yeah. Is it a vegetable or not? Did they ever uh, 
declare that. I hope so, because then I eat a lot of veggies. Do you? <laughs> but in this, uh, this particular climate, no pun intended, where crime's running rampant in most of the major cities, yeah. where the economy is in the toilet and people can't afford groceries, and the fact that we're still running into weekly problems when I do the grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. where things i want aren't in stock this is way more to the top of the list than oh the climate might be bad in a hundred years people don't care about that and this is why they keep pushing this and hammering it because they know the only way to get people on board with this on the whole climate change thing is to get them to believe that what's happening now is already in effect and it's a lie Yeah. Well, I think they, I think a lot of people do. I think, I think the, the, um, the Gen Z's and millennials tend to have a, a much firmer belief in, in, in fact, the younger they are, it seems to be an almost, um, religious belief, as you said earlier in climate change. And that's why, you know, fossil shit bags like Kerry pump that so hard because they know that they comprise the bulk of the voting, uh, you know, the electorate. So yeah, they're, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that's the big, the big, big boogeyman issue. Right. Right, And that's why they want to bring the kids in early. Oh no, let them yeah. vote at 16 or 14, yeah. 14, because then sure. we know their brains are mush and we can convince them all to vote. I mean, you know, what would happen if you have 14 or 16 year olds voting would be yeah. vote in class. Oh Yeah. They don't have to go to the, no, no, we'll vote in class. Your teacher will help you vote. Yes. <laughs> It'll be an app on the iPad for sure. Oh, that would be even worse. But imagine that. Mm-hmm. And because it's, again, what these academics put that in air quotes yeah. are pushing as the new religion. It's climate change. If we don't do this, if we don't save the planet, nobody ever looks Yes, a few steps down the road. There's already a thing with all the windmills where that would allegedly totally screw up the fish or something somewhere. I saw oh, that. killing the whale. Somebody was dragging one of those airplane uh, banners, I think, over the Jersey Shore. I saw a picture of that. It said, uh, save the whales, kill the windmills, something like that. And I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's so fucked up to think, you know, people with uh, oceanfront homes there or even a beach goer, even a nice day in the beach, you want to look at and you see that fucking shit sticking up like fence posts in my ocean. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't get it, but that, oh, no, it's going to make everything better. I just cringed. Was it a Poland or uh, that we gave a bunch of money to or Germany because they were stopping uh, the nuclear? They were shutting all the nuclear plants down, even though they were working. Germany. 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 Okay. Now, that just boggles my mind. Doesn't it? We've got nuclear plants that are working just fine and powering. We know there's an energy crisis at this point, but let's make it worse by shutting that down. And we in the United States are supporting this. We are paying for this. Why? Skilled propaganda, man. The whole, I mean, it all traces back to the movie China syndrome with Michael Douglas and, uh, Hanoi Jane Fonda. And, uh, you know, if not for that bullshit uh, film, we don't, you know, Tesla's would have instead of batteries, uh, under the hood, There'd be little nuke engines. I really believe that. And if you look at it, you know, the, the guys that are really the fucking aces of this at this and have been for, you know, way more than half a century is the United States Navy. They've been running nuke fucking subs forever. 
They've never had an accident. They've never had a meltdown. The cancer rates of those sailors are no different than anybody else's. They fucking skinned that cat to perfection, but nobody says so. Nobody. No, because it's inconvenient for their, their narrative. narrative. Bucks and narrative. So all they can scream about is Chernobyl, which was always an accident waiting to happen. And uh, Three Mile Island and Fukushima, which was way exaggerated. What happened there? Way fucking exaggerated. Now, we have a clip on John Kerry on behavior. I mean, I guess we may as well, well go yeah. back to yeah, back with him. I just, I, I you know, he's, he, I don't despise him as much as uh, Keith, the queef, but I, I've always, this guy's always bugged me. Everything about him. Everything. Well, because so he, I, this, the difference is he has that, uh, that air of superiority where even though Keith Olbermann always thinks he's right, he comes across as an overall loudmouth buffoon, you know, like me, a podcaster. He, Keith comes along. Keith has desperation in his tone and always has, which spells really no matter what he says, he's a loser because of that, that, uh, that tone, as you said, um, Carrie, yeah, Carrie, Carrie talks like a guy that's married to a billionaire. So yes. Like, Let's give no him a figure. We, yeah. we all wish we were. I mean, we'll give him that. Yes. Yes. Makes life a little easier. Yes. So this thing, this, this is a very short clip, but I remember this, this is nine or 10 years old. And Obama was in the White House at the time, and um, and Vlad was was making some noise about maybe marching into Ukraine. Then, okay, this is not a new thing. Interesting. And what did you think about uh, Susan Rice leaving her post? In oh, month? I think she's. You know, um, I'd say she's probably going to want to run for office. If why else would she do that? To help Michelle Obama run for office, or maybe that. Yeah, Just I think she's guess. got. She's got. I mean, no, there's no way Joey showed her the door. No. She's, a, you know, she's a superstar. And well, and everybody thought she was the the brains behind that operation. Yeah. So, so it's probably she's got bigger first fish to fry, and that's why she did this. I would think. Got to get Michelle to the White House. Yeah. Ten yeah. days. Administration officials and the president himself have basically said to Russia. Don't do this or else. Here just Friday, the president laying it out when he spoke to Vladimir Putin. The United States will stand with the international community in affirming that there will be costs for any military intervention in Ukraine. Now you've called this an invasion. So what are the costs? Well, we're now discussing all of the options. This is an act of aggression that is uh, completely trumped up. In terms of its pretext, uh, it's really 19th century behavior in the 21st century. What does that mean? Exactly. That's the, and the reason I pulled in, I remember when I heard this, I thought, you fucking idiot. But it really, he was tipping his hand as to, uh, you know, what's the, uh, the, the very fabric of his political beliefs, which is leftist and Marxist, which completely discounts human nature. And people are always going to fucking make wars. People will always be invading each other's countries. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. But th- that asshole somehow thinks, as they all do, that we, we're going to evolve past that. So this is 19th century behavior in the 21st century. Now behavior's behavior, you fucking moron. That's always the way it's going to be. Yeah, it's the same thing when they ignore what's going on. On the streets of San Francisco, New York, yeah. Chicago, Portland. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we can evolve. Like, no, yeah. when you take no. away the laws and you stop enforcing them, behavior gets worse. Exactly. Do you think that would work on? It doesn't work with your kids. It doesn't work on a citywide level. It's not going to work on a worldwide level. No. If you have somebody 
And I don't know whether Putin's a bad guy or not, but when it comes down to it, if you got somebody that can go out there and do things that you don't like, but there's no repercussions, well, you know, that's when they push it. Yeah. I don't know if Putin's a bad guy or not, but I'll tell you this. He's a damn good Russian. Yeah, that's this is true. (laughs) This is true. And he's a better leader than Joey. He's better leader than anybody on the world stage right now. Hands down. Not even close. Not even close. Now, we know who wouldn't be a good leader, and that's Keith Olbermann. <laughs> I mean, this is where we get everybody's blood pressure raising them. There should be a warning. Everybody you take a deep warning. Breath. Yeah. Right for this. Take yeah. your blood pressure before you listen to the clip, not after. Yes. Otherwise, you'll be on new blood pressure medications, and you don't want yeah. that. No. But this is him as always the easiest things to pull. And it shows you where his very much small little pea sized brain is, is he does like a minute video every day of the week to promote his full length podcast, which I mean, God bless you. If you can listen to it, if anybody out there listens to that and has clips, you can send them. But I, I can't listen to Keith for more than like 60 seconds at a time. Max. Like American democracy, I, too, am available for sale for $787,500,000. Okay, so now America's democracy was sold for the price that Fox News paid to Dominion. And he's just uh, said he thinks he's worth three quarters of a billion, too. Keith himself, didn't he? And he's also admitting he would take the money if it was high enough. So how does this make him a better person? I mean, really, you just admitted, well, I would just sacrifice my morals for that kind of price. Well, then how do we believe you for anything? I mean, if you'll take that, you know, it's like that old joke, like, yes, madam, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? Yes, I would. Well, would you sleep with me for five bucks? No. What do you think I am? And the answer to that was, well, we've already established that. Now we're just bartering on the price. Exactly. Keith, we know what he is. Fox gets away with it. What did Fox get away with? Exactly. They got away with getting this, you know, big financial spanking with the fuck. Yeah, they got away with giving away uh, three quarters of a billion dollars. Because it didn't have to go to court, I guess, because he thought there was going to be some great information coming out if they went to court. Yeah. But obviously, he doesn't think this is enough, and he'll tell us why. Cheap for less than it earns in six months. Dominion doesn't even get an apology nor a retraction. Okay, I want to know, Larry, if you were in a similar situation and you were being given uh, close to a billion dollars, would you consider the money more important than the apology or less important than the apology? (laughs) Oh, man. And isn't, isn't the money kind of admitting wrongdoing? It's like if you're willing to pay, you're saying, okay, we know we did something. You may not get the exact words, but that is the inherent message of paying out the money. Well, that's part of key. That's the the Maoist struggle session thing. It's not enough. The action you have to, you know, you have to scream and cry and beg and kiss ass too. I mean, that's just where he's coming from. And they all are. Yeah. And they're never happy. If somebody else comes back. One apology, you know, look at uh, Alex Jones. Remember he had a great answer to that. I mean, how many fucking times are you going to apologize? You're going to apologize. I forget what he said, but it was very smart the way he said, I've already apologized. I'm done with that. You know? Yeah, it doesn't. You can only go so far with that. That's it. It gets, quote, we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. 
White Star Line acknowledges RMS Titanic missed its scheduled arrival time at Pier 54 in New York. His jokes never work. They never fucking work. He's an idiot. I mean, you're trying to come up with a good metaphor, Keith. You need better writers. I mean, he may be writing it himself. So I'm sure he is because it sucks. That would explain it. If, well, if you're not Keith and you're listening, fire your writers. You need better writers. <laughs> Plus, Democrats are actually using the incapacity of Diane Feinstein as the excuse for not subpoenaing Clarence Thomas. And Kara Swisher demanding more Republicans on MSNBC. She is today's worst person in the world. So, so Keith has a thing that who's the worst person in the world every day. Apparently so. I would love to be on that list. I would too. Let's work to make ourselves on that list, Darren. Let's make yes. that a goal. And I looked at what this was. Kara Swisher, who is a very much leftist writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was on her podcast or she was, I don't know if it was her podcast or Pisaki's podcast. They all each have podcasts and everything, but they were talking to each other. And it came up that Pisaki in her new show is mainly talking to people that are Democrats, people that are liberal and not, of course it's an echo chamber. Exactly. And they talk about that and no agenda all the time. They talk about that on uh, Bill O'Reilly's show all the time, which is why the shows where you used to have, different points of view barely exist because now what you get is somebody tells you what they think and then they bring on one or worse like four people as a panel all to echo exactly what you just said yeah it makes zero sense there's no scintillating conversation there's no disagreements nobody get walks away from it learning anything no because the media is not about you learning anything anymore And Kara Swisher was just like, well, why don't you have more Republicans on? I mean, that seems like a viable question. It's like it would probably make your show better. Certainly a reasonable question, but, you know, it's not one that Keith likes. So, well, no, not only doesn't he like it, but he thinks it makes her the worst person in the world in the world (laughs) because you would dare (laughs) to be like, well, why stupid? I know know, at the heart of this thing, Keith, dumb people, they rarely realize that, you know, maybe Forrest Gump did, but he was a fictional character. Um, but he he just he's not bright, but he doesn't doesn't know that. No. And O'Reilly told a story last week, which I thought was fairly humorous, that he was at some event and Nancy Pelosi and her husband came in and he walked up to her and he's like, oh, you know, Madam Speaker, you know, I'd really, you know, love to get you on my television program. And Nancy Pelosi, like, oh, no, I'd love to do it. Just call my call my office. And he's like. I don't think she had any idea who I was. Wow. He's like her husband, however, did because his eyes went big like saucers when she was like, I would love to do it. And of course, his staff called and and she refused to do it. And then uh, he said he had waters out on something and asked about, oh, you stole O'Reilly. You would do the show. And she got all pissed off. And that I can see. But he did that as a whole lead up to the fact that he ran into the current speaker. Kevin McCarthy at the Super Bowl and Kevin McCarthy said, no, I'd love to come on your show. And there he was on the show. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that, well, I understand that's not exactly having a Democrat on the show, but I think O'Reilly likes the debate. So he would have anybody on from the other side. Yeah. As would we, I think it's interesting to hear the alternating point of view and be like, well, how do you then 
in your mind, you can ask them the question, how do you resolve this problem? I'll extend the invitation right now. Keith, you fucking moron. You're welcome to come on our show anytime. <laughs> it will that, be really was that, nice. Is that heartfelt enough? Dan? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. And I don't think he has two brain cells to spare. When you think the worst person in the world dared to, it's like really with everything that's going on in the world. And this is one of your folks. This is one of your ultra liberal journos dares to ask, well, you know, why don't you have somebody with a little bit of a different point of view on? Yeah. I just think that would be good television. As we said, this is what was normal back That's in 19th century tel- television. Yes. Yeah, forget it. It is. It was, that was so, <laughs> so far in the past. Yeah. That was something that will never come back. And I don't know how much, you know, the internet has caused an issue with this, with all the different video sharing sites and all of this. I don't understand why a good debate is no longer seen as quality entertainment because that was one of the whole deals. When Fox news started out, one of the most popular shows, as you said, thick neck Hannity, he was originally part of a duo. He was fat neck, fat neck Hannity. Sorry. Yes. It was part of him. It was he and Alan Combs who has passed away since. I used to work with Alan Combs. I used to do voices, celebrity voice impersonations for his radio show in New York. Nice. Well, he was, he was a, he was a, he was a scurrilous lefty, but we got along nice. He was, he was okay. He wasn't a prick, you know? Well, see, that's the difference. Yeah. You can have different points of view Mm -hmm. and still be able to interact with people from the other side and have those conversations. That's what's missing now Mm -hmm. because now it's just war and like, well, if you don't believe with us that it's okay when it comes to climate change or the trans stuff, well, then you're the enemy. And that is not a healthy place to be as uh, as a country. But that Hannity and Combs was always entertaining. It was. And especially because they were good friends, you could have when they had totally different political viewpoints. You know, the jokes were still going. It was lighthearted enough, but they had some pretty good conversations. Yeah. Somebody needs to do that. I mean, is there any rational liberals out there you can apply for the job? It's a great question. We should run a run a poll or a talent search. How about that? Yes, yeah. we need some rational liberals. Unlike Karine Jean Pierre, this is just a Uh-oh. quickie. Put it on me. This is uh, is a, she the worst person? <laughs> I, I, she may be. That could be our worst person in the world. In the world. <laughs> and this is some uh, female, I would guess, conservative reporter asking. A question and uh, Kareen's answer. Does the president have any plans to mark the fourth anniversary of his announcement of his 2020 campaign? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, that is very good. I had to try. Um, I don't have anything else beyond uh, the week ahead that I just laid out, but I really appreciate the effort. That was very good. Now, this was one of the most patronizing answers that I think I've ever seen a white house spokesperson give like, Oh, you had to try. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Well, it was, it was actually even more lame than Keith's Titanic joke. Yes. Really? I mean, it's completely fucking moronic. And, you know, I will just point out that, uh, it was a white female reporter asking, of course, a uh, Jean Pierre is black. If the tables were turned, 
And there was a white woman at the podium going, ha, 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 honey, that's so cute. You had to try. There would be riots in the streets. This is true. Yes. And that's something else that has to be uh, addressed. And that was another thing with Bill Maher that I didn't clip because you can only clip so much Bill Maher for one show. But he had some people on a show and he asked the question that we ask every show here on Planet Rage, which was, why are there no influential black people talking about the black on black crime in places like Chicago. I'm like, Bill Maher, you're finally getting it. You Jason are- Whitlock does. That's yes. About it. Oh yeah. Well, Whitlock yeah. is, they, they hate him because he they dares to disagree with everything. The left believes in. Yes. He believes in religion, which is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wonder if Keith's named him a worst person in the world. I bet he has, or he will. Well, well, can he? Because then he would be afraid of uh, he'd be afraid of being deemed a racist, which he probably Maybe. is. I'll bet you Keith is. You know, that is uh, that is the issue there. But it's uh, worthy of talking about, especially when they talk about all of the mass shootings that we've had in the country. Yeah, they point to things like the school shootings, but mm. a majority of the mass shootings by definition are gangland type things going on in Chicago and LA and New York. And Waco. Yeah. Well, then they don't want to talk about it. I mean, Waco was the biggest uh, mass shooting in American history. It just was the ATF and FBI shooting at uh, people. When you got the badges, man, to be technical about it, you know, that's what it is. It was. (laughs) Well, again, we don't want to talk about the reality of the situation. It's all about, and it's a term that is overused, I know, but the narrative, I know of that's, course. but it's like, you look at it and you're like, well, why, why isn't this covered? Well, it doesn't fit the narrative. They want to go after all the law abiding citizens. They don't want just the guns taken away. That's not the leftist mentality. Yeah. I've never heard a leftist say we need to get the guns out of the hands of all of the gang members in the United States. No, no. They no. want it out of everybody's hands. What I love latest is the thing I saw about, was it the FBI or let's just call it the authorities. They can't release the manifesto of the Nashville shooter because it it would be like, it's almost there. It sounds a lot like the AI shit. Like if this gets out there, it's so powerful. It would be the end of the world. You can't handle it, little people. So we'll have to keep this in a lead line box. You know, it is very strange. It's fucking retarded. It's, it was talked about on No Agenda yesterday. Oh, was it? I didn't get. I didn't haven't uh, downloaded yet. Well, the interesting sorry. part was Adam has a source because he just went. Adam Curry of the No Agenda program. Yeah, he was just in Nashville. Oh. So he said he talked to somebody in law enforcement who gave him one bit. And John C. Dvorak, who never leaves L.A. or I'm sorry, the Bay Area, mm. he also had talked to a Nashville police officer. Got a slightly different take on things that they're separating there's a manifesto along with the journals there are two kind of separate entities going on and and by the way what i was massive like i don't know like stacks of journals and shit like this this person was a prolific uh journalist journalism (laughs) yeah they were journalists right that's exactly what they were you're giving journalism a bad name Uh. because they had 20 something journals i think was the number And the difference being there was a manifesto and I don't think the manifesto itself, although I don't know how this is laid out 
or how it is split up amongst these, whatever they were writing in what, you know, paper journals. But I guess what was in the journals was a step-by-step on how to do, they compared it to being like an anarchist cookbook type thing Hmm. where this person had done, yeah, the research on, you know, how exactly to get into these schools or wherever, how to do this, how to kill as many children as possible. Yeah, that's total bullshit because why do we need to read her journal on it when we fucking watched it on video? Exactly how she did it step by step. I don't know. Yeah. Now, so I also don't. Complete, then that, as I suspected, that is complete horseshit. Horseshit. Well, it's like you expect us to believe that something this person came up with was so unique right that nobody else could figure it out yeah i mean now there may be individual things like how to get into a now, and i don't even know what they could be because how they she got into the school was just blowing the lock up she which, shot her way through the front door yeah which isn't all that hard no so i don't know exactly what they're afraid of you know we know that there is a lot of, uh, and there has been going back into the 1980s when things like the Anarchist Cookbook first started going online. I remember mm-hmm. that was a big deal. The bulletin board that I went deal. to here in the uh, Chicago area. Yeah, it was big. That if they had this information, it was like, wow, you can, or the poor man's James Bond, another great title mm-hmm. on how to make explosives and do all of these things, how to freak the phone systems, get free phone calls. There was a lot of this kind of stuff. Yes. And I think it still, you know, exists where it's like the the legality of having like bomb making information, probably not legal in most jurisdictions. Hmm. I don't know how you stop it with the Internet. And it's an interesting thing since her if this was all of the journals being paper based, then right. You would have to go through and digitize them to release them. I don't know anybody like with the uh, Tucker Carlson getting access to the January 6th video. I have not heard of any journalist. I would like to see somebody like Matt Taibbi be able to go read these and then report on what's in there. Maybe what's in there. She said she did it in the name of Joey and Kamala. Maybe. And they don't want that. (laughs) It was all very much a thing that, you know, wanted to kill Christian children. And this was the kind of the manifesto of how to do that. Yeah. And I don't know, because, again, I'm the guy that immediately thinks, well, if you want to kill the most people, a gun is not your best weapon. No. So this just takes this whole action right off that table. It's like, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you just go in and get a job at the lunch counter and then poison everybody? I mean, I hate to be given those kind of ideas, but I don't think this is something that hard to come up with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you could do way more damage with that than you can going in with a gun. So I don't get it. I don't know. One, it has to be ramblings because, I mean, you've written books. I mean, what's 22, 25 journals? That's a lot of paper. Well, she might be writing, you know, in um, 62 point font. I guess. Heart, hearts over, dotting her eyes with hearts and smiley. You never know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the font is critical, as you know. So This is true. <laughs> It just seems like it's a lot of paper and it does. It It adds to the whole thing of when you're in 
you're telling people we can't let it out because it's dangerous. Yeah, that's bullshit. There's, you know, as usual. Well, because information what else, what moves. What else would we expect from the FBI but bullshit? True. Because the information moves so quickly now that it's hard to believe that there's anything in there from somebody. This isn't somebody that, well, you know, I was just going to say this isn't somebody that, like, worked for the government or anything, but maybe we don't know that. Maybe she, um, you know, traces um, her descent into madness uh, with daily dosages of psychotropic drugs, and they don't want that. Uh, that well, yeah, we, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Maybe uh, taking about that. Or just taking mm-hmm. too much Adderall. Or testosterone. I mean, she was loading up on that. That'll that is, oh, that is true. I mean, if you add yeah. steroids to that, we got the Boom. rage. Roid rage. Yeah. That's a good point, too. We don't want to blame that. No. No. We no. do not want to talk about that. The patriarchy. So made her do it. Now, this clip I've got, I thought this was entertaining. Mm. And I had to go, this is my new goal when something goes viral on major news sites and they have to bleep it it's then the goal to find the original video uh, without the bleeping because i can't stand that i hate it too it's like well, come on show at least give us a clip that you know give us a link to where that's from if abc is going to cover this and show us parts of this be like well you can watch the original clip here but this was a guy who snapped on a Southwest flight, which I know if you've ever, ever been on a Southwest flight, there's plenty of reasons to snap. Oh, wait a minute. Is this the, this is the, the guy who was mad at a baby. Yes. Yes. I he watched was, this. He was very mad at a baby yeah. for crying. No. And there's a little bit of an intro here from the guy that uh, posted the video. Stuck in a holding pattern for weather, and an SW a passenger loses his mind over a baby. I like the why is the baby crying? Well, we've asked it, but it didn't tell us. Yeah. What a bitch that guy was. I mean, somebody should have just fucking smacked his teeth right out of his head. Really? I mean, again, you want to talk about living in a society where people expect everything to be catered around their world. Yeah. Like, do you not understand the way babies act? You know, it's like, hey, big mouth, you can rent private jets. So do it. That would be true. Yeah, do it. No baby on that. No. And I'm amazed even this is cleaned up quite a bit, but it's like this on an airplane on a guy like just holding his phone. Not even that, obviously, because he was videoing himself, just the reactions to what was going on. Yeah. And the audio that you could even hear what's going on is kind of impressive. Okay, now, again, this just shows you how race is playing parts that it never should. This is the the customer that's going crazy is a black guy. And his thing is, if that was a black baby, it would be different. Is that what you said? Yes. Like, what do you mean by that? What was his reasoning there? I don't know.
know. It's like, what do you wow. think would be happening different? Were they going to throw the mother and child off the plane at 30,000 feet? What did you think is going to happen that's different? Wow. But that's the mentality and that's the sickness. It's like, you can't, why would you see a baby crying and go to race? Yeah. And what's funny is that the Southwest guy that's trying to calm him down is a black guy as well. And the guy pulls the race card on him, not the, um, the employee pull the race card, but the irate customer does. But I know you're not going there. You're not going there. I'm fucking going. Okay. We're not in Florida yet. You can't do what the fuck you feel like. We're not in Florida yet. You can't do what the fuck you feel like. Again, it's a baby crying. So what's the Florida inf- inference? They're on their way to that? Orlando. Yeah. I guess I, maybe he doesn't like Florida. Maybe he thinks Florida is where you can do whatever you want. But they were leaving, I think, Baltimore, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Wow. But I was, like, know, okay. I was on a transcontinental flight once some years back. And um, kids going to cry. You know, they're just it's, it's just life. Like I said, if you don't want to deal, get a private jet. Um, but one thing that's always irked me on flights is somebody kicking the back of my seat. Oh, yeah. Right. And I've had some words with people over that. So I'm on this, you know, things on the runway, kick, 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 kick. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe you'll stop. And they kind of settle. People tend to settle in once you take off. Now, the question was, is was this like a younger child or just a nervous flyer? I didn't, know, I, I, I didn't even turn around to look. <laughs> I, I had no idea. You know, but I just kept this kind of kick, 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 you know. And then finally the thing takes off. I think, all right, now you know, it's enough. I'm going to turn around. And I look and there was a kid who was about maybe a eight, nine-year-old kid who was severely retarded. And so, you know, for 3,000 miles, I get the, my seat back kicked. What are you going to do? It's just, it's just the way it was. Nothing. But you know the reason why. And you're like, yeah. I'll deal with it because and I'm not yeah. going to lose my shit because this kid's got bigger problems. Exactly. Yeah. Now, unlike that, my parents who uh, had season tickets for the White Sox for years had way too many interactions with people who had their kids kicking their seats and just didn't give a shit at the stadium yeah okay and you know times like hey your child's kicking my seat and then one of the more recent ones the people were like well it's just what are we supposed to do it's just a child it's like well you keep your child from kicking the seat in front of them or you remove the child from Mm. the ballpark but again this is the mentality like you said everybody's god nobody else matters you are god all these other peons that are around you they don't matter and if my kid wants to kick the seat He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yes. And people regard, often regard their kids as like super God. Right. Because, you know, sprung from my loins. So look, it must be perfection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is insane, but I highly recommend. I mean, it's a fun video to watch this one. I'll stop the audio here because I think you get the. Uh, yeah. You well, get the gist. The question. The, I saw that clip uh, with without with the bleeps, unfortunately. So thank you for finding the uh, unscrubbed version. Um, but it said the, the the headline or the link was something like, um, you know, guy guy goes postal on airplane, but he didn't think he'd get arrested. And the last the last scene was two or three airport cops in the terminal um, talking to him and then walking away with him. So, you know, in, in most, you know, most jurisdictions, um, when you're arrested, they're going to cuff you. This guy was not cuffed. They were just walking away with him. So was he arrested or not? Do we know? Well, I know there was a mention here at the end. Let me see if this is. Uh... Wait, I know. Look at this thing. 
Hey, put cuffs on that kid. I'm good for going to check. I got my original Fuck the kid. It's the child. The kid made it. Yes. You are motherfucking right because nobody was going to do something. Somebody That's fine. That's fine. I'll tell you. Okay. Who has somebody to talk to? Good. Good. No good. No fucking problem. I know an attorney just like you, motherfucker. I got rights. So maybe he was because there was a, this was at the end where they said yeah. he wasn't getting off the plane or they I don't know if they see because usually I think if there's a disturbance on an airplane before yeah. they let anybody else disembark they're like everybody wait in your seats when we land mm. the doors open and whoever it is in. comes in yeah and they came in for this guy and he wasn't real happy with that but yeah in a scene in a better saner world somebody just fucking decked him. And he'd have finished that flight unconscious, really. <laughs> Everybody really. would have been happier. Everyone would have been happy. And he'd have been better off, too. It's like you just have to understand if you're going on a flight, especially if it's on Southwest and you're flying in a coach, even although first class is not beyond having a crying baby. Sure. You have to understand that it's possible this is going to happen. And I get it. It was going on for a long time in the whole. I just thought it was funny when the whole thing started out. And he's like, I had my you know, headphones on. I was sleeping and this baby oh. woke me. It's like, oh, oh, oh. it is the very much <laughs> entitled. Oh, man. Is it ever? Everything yeah. goes around. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, solution to this is, because it seems to be getting worse. The entitled behavior. Mm-hmm. being ingrained in everybody that well no if that kid's not going to stop crying well what are you going to do you're in an airplane yep. that is flying what do you think you're and nobody again this is using logic in a world and you keep telling me not to expect that okay. but it's like what do you expect the uh, choices are here sir mm-hmm. there's a baby crying you're in the air what do you expect is going to happen if somebody had said to him, how about I suffocate that kid? Uh-huh. He just, I guarantee you, he just said, yes. That's what I flashed to that mash episode. Yeah. That, oh, what I know I was never a mash fan. Well, there was one, uh, and I think Hawkeye was on the bus with a bunch of like locals, whatever it was. And there was a, uh, a patrol and there was a crying baby and the mother in order to not be discovered and caught by the enemy. Uh, quieted the baby in just that manner. Ooh, well, Mash had a lot of stuff that was a little before its time. Mm, really, and that was a comedy. Well, oh, it was yeah. a dramedy. That was the, you know, and that really a, yeah. are my five favorite kind of shows when you can bring both mm. the comedy, you know, and the drama. If they can make you cry and laugh in the same episode, they're doing their job. Mm. And MASH had a lot of really good writers. And that's one of the reasons why they made it, what, 11, 12, however many seasons it was. It was a long time. I could never stand Alan Alda, so I never watched it. He bugged me. (laughs) See, I liked Alan Alda. I think he's funny. I mean, I know he's a crazed liberal and all, but he played a good character. And that's, again, you have to kind of separate those things out. Otherwise, we will never watch anything. I can't. You can't. I can't. It's like, it's just that. I I used to be a big Stephen King fan. read read almost everything he wrote. But ever since he's become a Twitter asshole, I, you know, I'll never crack another Stephen King book. I'm just not that, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I don't know. You know what I mean? You jumped <laughs> off that train. So you had to be <laughs> amused by the Elon Musk trolling. Oh, Stephen Musk King. kicked his ass. Did you see the latest one? Yes. You know, yeah. Oh, you're giving me my eight dollar. Uh, why don't you give that money to Ukraine or you got a lot of money? Why don't you throw more yeah. in? And Elon's like, well, I've already given however many million to Ukraine bucks. How much have you donated? Uh huh. I didn't see that an answer right yet now. from Stephen King. No, there will be no answer. It's like I've given a hundred million. What have you done? I don't know. Yeah. And the ones that are then crying are the ones that are like, no, no, I didn't pay for this. I don't know. I didn't do it. So now they're like, they were pissed that they were going to lose their blue check marks. Yeah. Now they're really pissed off for all of these people. Like the bet middlers are like, I would never pay for my blue check mark. Elon did the greatest thing, giving it back because now people think she paid. Right. You know, and now they're pissed. Like, and they have to be, I didn't yeah. pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Elon well played. I think we mentioned that in the last episode yeah. where Glenn Beck had a video clip. That's like, I think he paid the $40 billion for Twitter just to troll the media. And really? Musk responded with just a fringe benefit. Yeah. And I, what was really astonishing is he cut 80% of that staff and it's running better than it ever did. Wow. <laughs> just it, wow. Right. It turns out if you don't need all the censoring people, it is way easier to run that business. A any lot of business. Yeah. Any business. I had a friend. Um, I was an extremely talented uh, artist, cartoonist. You've seen his work. And he worked for years at Hanna-Barbera, which was a, just a fucking powerhouse. It was, you know, neck and neck with Disney for years, Flintstones and stuff. They did some great stuff. And he knew, um, I think it was Joe Barbera was his name. You know, they, they were good buddies. And he told me the story how they were out in the parking lot one day. You know, it was one, one evening. They were both working late and they stopped and bullshit about this and that. And, and Barbera said to him, you know, I got to tell you something. You're one of about 20, 25% of people on this fucking staff that actually do anything that we need. I should cut the rest of them. So that's, that was in the cartoon world. It's everywhere. The corporate world is just glutted with dead wood. It really is. The chick, the Budweiser chick. <laughs> yes. Now <laughs> really took is. a leave of absence. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 And I get it. This is uh, companies have to be very careful about what is being perceived as their viewpoint on anything in today's world and how easy it is to have one person at, I don't know how high of a level she was, but having one person in your company put something out there that causes this kind of a reaction, you could lose a lot of money really quick, which again, I go back to the Manchurian candidate thing. It's like, I would be, trying to infiltrate these companies doesn't matter which side i mean i would be as a conservative operative i'd be looking to get people inside of the most liberal companies out there and then put out something like oh yeah we love trump and then watch what happens mm -hmm. because you could bombard them very quickly because nobody takes the time anymore this is not your innocent until proven guilty it's like one little inkling of something sure and you're down, which is crazy, yes. but that is the mentality people have now. Now, before we get to the Cajone Awards, mm -hmm. uh, what is the Will Thomas BS clip here? You know, I just saw this clip. Uh, he, you know, he, it's him bitching about, uh, you know, there's a new Title IX thing about um, protections for trans athletes and so on and so forth. And it just was such, it was so 
so salted with bullshit. Um, <laughs> I thought it might be interesting to listen to. You know, he's he's just an awful. He's a bully. That's what he is. He's awful. So the worst person of the day. Yeah, I'd maybe. Say, yeah, he could. <laughs> he, he might. He might uh, cop that award. Yeah. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division One NCAA champion. Stop. I, I mean. Just, just that, just that resume just gave along alone should make your hair stand on it. You know, I'm champion. You're champion of nothing, nothing. Well, they said he was. I don't give a fuck. Or she was, whatever it is. Yeah. I started swimming when I was five years old, and it's taught me so much. It's given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access Stop. to athletics. That's why. He's not connecting with his peers these days, is he? He's certainly not competing with them. <laughs> well, and again, nobody wants to talk about the reality as there's a difference between the anatomy and the strength and the, you know, yeah. this again is why we have yet to see, as far as I know, there's no rule in Major League Baseball or the NFL or you know, for football right. and basketball that says women can't play. But yet we have never seen a woman playing those sports. So why? Why is that? Why is that? Good question. Because uh, I don't know. It breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels. Now, Stop. I think it's even worse. You're talking trans kids in kindergarten. Yeah. How insane is that? And then, and then, you know, and their great wisdom. Well, by the time they've hit puberty and they're really starting to turn into big beefy men. Well, then maybe we might, might want to think a little bit, of, rethink some of this, but, uh, will he, he wants none of that. They're not going far enough in protections, you know, another protected class, just, just what America needs. But when you talk K through eight, I mean, I'm trying to remember going through school i don't think anything was separated until maybe junior high seventh and eighth grade i mean if you were playing sports in like kickball in the third grade it was co-ed there was no like male league female you know this so i don't know what is Mm. going on but uh i guess i don't understand how that would even be a thing under the guise of competitive fairness this well under the guise, the guys competitive fairness. Hey, well, guy. How about the just guys. competitive fairness? And maybe right. it was with, uh, you know, with Bemrose. I was talking about this over on Grumpy Old Bats. Fabulous. Yes. The yeah. fabulous Ryan Bemrose. Yes. When it comes to baseball, let's remember the big scandal that rocked baseball not that long ago when the big home run, Sammy Sosa and, uh, and the guy from the Cardinals, Mark McGuire. McGuire, yeah. When they were bopping all those home runs. Mm-hmm. Well, in baseball, we all learn from that. You can't just pop steroids because they're performance enhancing. Mm-hmm. Well, so there are rules. So they do they not do that anymore? Baseball? I, I guess they uh, they test for these things now. Because, I mean, you had to be blind uh-huh. not to look at. I mean, and remember, I'm not a baseball guy, but I do recall those guys being in the news and looking at Sammy and Mark and go, holy shit, they look like parade floats. Uh They were enormous. Of course they were juicing it. 
Well, this is why I think it's hilarious that the guy that was running Major League Baseball at the time, Bud Selig, the commissioner, no, he he was let into the Hall of Fame. Like, wait a minute. The guy that this all happened on his watch, you're going to let this asshole into the Hall of Fame? Well, then you got to let Sammy Sosa in and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds because and Pete Rose. Right. Well, especially Pete Rose. Especially Pete. I like Charlie Hustle. I did. Especially his wardrobe. And yeah. Charlie, Charlie Hustle didn't do anything as far as we know. Right. When he was a player. So yep. why are, why is his record as a player being besmirched, especially now? And this is so nefarious. All these major league sports have bowed down at the altar of gambling now. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. I mean, it must be they're making tons of money because gotta be. It is not good. This whole like, well, you're not gonna have any fun watching the race or the ball game if you don't have a bet on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> but this whole thing, it's like, well, if you're a trans going from male to female, then you are taking substances to make that happen. True. All these sports have to do is make those substances illegal. Done. You know, and be like, well, no, yeah, I can't have that. You're uh so, but the, the point being there were already rules on the books that say you cannot alter your anatomy and play the sport. Well, this is altering your anatomy. That's an excellent point. Uh-huh. I thought so. I mean, I come up with them like once every year or two. So I got to milk that one pretty well. <laughs> Well, that's, I think that's a good answer to Keith's uh, worst person in the world. That's today's best point in the world, Darren, and I give that to you. Thank you, Sri. <laughs> this rule is a good start. However, it is not enough. During this time of intense anti-trans backlash, the trans community... No, but stop. There's never been a trans backlash until they started elbowing, elbowing their ways into preschools and women's sports. Right. And this is, this is, it's, it's talk, cause and effect asshole yeah this is where women get canceled yes now i don't know why nobody gives a rat's ass about the female who has worked her whole life i mean this i'm assuming it hasn't yet but the olympics are kind of going to be the ultimate goal of this when you start having if you allow it Mm -hmm. all trans women winning because well that's what's going to happen and then the actual women, the biological women will be like, well, what? We can't compete anymore. It's like, who's getting canceled here? Where are the feminists? Where are the women going? Uh, no, where are they? That a lot of people are asking that question. Does anybody have an answer for that? Where are they? They're still voting for the liberal Democrats. So I don't know. Maybe they want to be canceled. Maybe if you're a female listening to us, let us know. Do you want to be canceled? Because I can't come up with an answer on that one needs explicit protections from discrimination in order to live our lives freely and equally. Luckily, this rule is not final. We have a 30-day period to urge the Biden administration to amend the rule and grant equal protection for all transgender kids, because all trans kids deserve the opportunity to compete and play in the sports they love without compromising who they are. Join me in commenting on this proposed rule and demanding equal protection for all transgender athletes. All trans kids deserve the opportunity to be themselves and participate. Well, okay, so so what he's doing is notice how he phases in and out of the group for which he is speaking. Okay, 
He goes from all transgender athletes to kids. They always got to pin everything to the kids. Hey, Will Thomas is not a kid. He's 24 years old. It's not a child. It's an mature, it's a mature adult male. Okay. But in order to push his, push his agenda, he's got to make it about the children. Doesn't he? Yeah. Won't you think of the children? Yeah. And DigiGuru assures me no women listen to this podcast. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Some do. We have proof. We do. But this is, again, the nefarious nature of this when you're talking about trans kids. Mm-hmm. Now, if everybody would come down the logical road, which I know we can't expect, you would not allow children to be trans. You would not allow any of that medical treatment to take place until they are adults at the age of 18, which means they could all compete in whatever sport they want moving up. But if you're a boy and you want to transition, well, you're still a boy. So you got to compete with the boys. And ultimately, if that's the way you really feel, will start your own fucking league, have yourself a transgender league. And good luck with that. See, see if he still emerges champion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead. I dare you. You know, and see if anybody watches. Uh, I mean, we all yeah. know men's sports get a lot of viewers. Women's a lot less. I don't know what the trans league would get. But do it. Do it. What's stopping you? Nothing. You know, I know there was uh, like a group that were schools or something that were going to pay millions of dollars around here for to install trans bathrooms and all that. And it's like, well, one, I think they should have them. Because that's the only fair way to go. And whether people agree with me or not, I don't agree with men who say they're women going into the women's bathroom. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. So then you need to come up with a third, you know, other, so men, women, other, and then everybody's okay. I mean, it's yeah. going to cost a lot of businesses a lot of money if everybody has to add the other, you know, but then they'll say that's, Oh no, making me go into the other room. That's not nice. That's just dehumanizing me. It's like, yeah, but you don't fit into the other categories. So, but you have to pretend that they do. Right. That's what it's really all about. Well, that's what I saw. Like some 18 year old, you know, they're calling it a, you know, woman, but it was an 18 year old guy that said he was trans showering with like 14 year old girls in the high school or something because. You know, he said he, you know, identifies as such and you can't not allow this to happen because then that's hateful. It's like, I'm just surprised there's not more issues with, you know, those four girls that were 14 that this person came in, you know, a father coming. I'm just really surprised there hasn't been more issues of people getting their ass kicked mm-hmm. or whatever it is, because you, this insanity has to stop at some point. but. True. You know, we're just but the we're I'm, just the crazy old straight white guy. So who's going to listen to us? Nobody. Well, Bill Maher might. The, the proud and the few. Yes. The Planet Ragers. The Ragers. They know what's going on. And this, I thought, was a great idea for an award show. So kudos to Bill Maher. Now yeah. say hello to the cojones. <laughs> okay. Now, is that a great name for an award show or not? I like it. Tonight, from Hollywood, the first annual Cojones Awards. Honoring outstanding achievement in growing a pair. And now, isn't that what the trans are trying to do? I guess so, yeah. 
maybe, maybe mm. Bill Maher's being inclusive. Maybe. Now, here's your host, Bill Maher. Welcome to the Cajones. I'm your master of ceremonies. And if you're triggered by the word master, you're in the wrong room. I mean, that's coming out strong. If you're triggered by the word master, you're in the- hot. Good for him. Uh-huh. That is that's coming out strong. Yeah. Tonight, we present these solid brass balls. And yeah, they, he did have the, the trophy, which. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know. I don't know uh, if somebody modeled for this or what, but uh, damn well played, Bill Maher. (laughs) To the individuals and organizations who others have tried to silence and who answered, that's not a rule, fuck you. Yeah, okay, see, that's another, that sounds very Planet Rage-like. It does. That's not a rule, fuck you. Our first award goes to the president of my alma mater, Cornell University, Martha Pollack. This month, students there demanded trigger warnings before all the lectures in case any of the adult subjects you specifically went to college to learn about came up. (laughs) And Martha said, yeah, no, we're not doing that. She didn't cave in or hire a new dean of sensitivity. She just said, no, colleges for introducing you to new ideas, not for kissing your ass and making you feel wonderful and always right. You're thinking of brunch with your parents. I mean, I thought that was a a good little quip there, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, college, you're supposed to be given new ideas to think about. Not anymore. Can you imagine a college where before every lecture, a trigger warning was given? Oh, I think there's many that, that uh, adhere to that right now. Pretty sure. You, you, uh, should we should we be warning people before the show that they may be, <laughs> may be triggered? Or is it you no, will be okay. triggered? This, is it a guarantee or a warning here? I don't think anybody listening to this show gets triggered. That, that I, could say. I think there are a lot of women out there, and I'm very glad to know that listening. But I don't think anybody gets triggered who listens. I would agree. Yep. I'm just amazed at how this generation can simultaneously be too sensitive for anything distasteful and somehow also so into eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that line. Wow. Like, damn, Bill Maher, who, uh, who got into you? Because mm. he's, he's coming out, man. He is, he is just swinging. So, Cornell, I present you with these balls. I sure could have used them when I was there. Our next award goes to the place where many Cornell grads will be working next year, Trader Joe's. <laughs> He's not wrong, you know. You, once you, when you're not prepared, then you, you go work retail. <laughs> Trader Joe's, who for years have been selling a line of ethnically themed products, trading <laughs> on the name Joe. For example, they have Trader Jose's beer. So, of course. Okay, it's very interesting when he mentions Trader Jose's. The crowd's like, I, oh, oh. 
Like, mm-hmm. like they want to cheer, but they're like, wait a minute. They're afraid to. Yes. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Like that. I didn't even catch that the first time. It's like, Ooh, is this, is it okay to laugh at this? Or are we going to be mm-hmm. racist or should we be worried? One teenager on Twitter heard the word Jose and said it was racist. And then there was a petition and then Trader Joe's management did the right thing. They burnt down all their stores and killed themselves. <laughs> No, they didn't. They said, fuck off, you oversensitive little shit. Get a life and a sense of humor and released this statement. We disagree that any of these labels are racist and we do not make decisions based on petitions. You see how easy it is? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if everybody did that? Yeah, my, my wife is a big Trader Joe's shopper. And I, it's, she's always come with, I think it's Trader Giotto's. I guess that's for the Italian stuff. Nobody seemed to get pissed about that, right? No, because they're not coming over the southern border, I guess. Oh, okay. That's Maybe that's the difference. Right. Okay. It's like, and it's all just in good fun. I mean, this came yeah. down to, I think we talked about it around Halloween, that there yeah. was a guy that, you know, obviously very white guy like us, probably Irish dressed up in the typical Mexican garb, had on a sombrero, had on a big fake mustache. And, you know, this, he was just going as a Mexican for mm. Halloween and all of the, you know, his liberal white student friends. Cause he was a college age kid. Oh my God, that's horrible. And he's like, so yeah. he went down to the little Mexico area of town and he was interviewing these old guys that are like sitting out there in front of us, store or something like that and they're like no i love your costume yeah sure it's like again this oversensitive it's like they're looking for things to be pissed off about of which of course they are of course they are yeah no yeah. rational person would be pissed about that no to be like oh it's trader jose's or you know whatever it's like there are names that are more popular in certain areas i mean when people hear o'neill they're like yeah oh he's totally polish right that's what you think of when you hear <laughs> a certain name no and this is why it works and it's like it's not done in an offensive way you think trader joe's doesn't want to sell the products you think they want to belittle the culture that maybe is associated with that product it doesn't make sense no but people they got to be sensitive i mean like uh you know the troll room here they're all very sensitive little trolls So to the home of the 19-cent banana, here, have some nuts. This next cojone goes to a man who's dear to my heart for standing up for stand-up. When dozens of Netflix employees walked out over Dave Chappelle's reckless decision to perform comedy on his comedy special. CEO Ted Sarandos could have pulled the special and replaced it with more episodes of Who Wants to Watch Koreans Get Killed. What's that, Squid Game? Is that what that's about? I mean, I, I is don't know what that is. I think so. Okay. All right. But I, you know, I kind of like the comment anyway, because it's always funny watching some other nationality get killed, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is what comedy should be. It's that uncomfortable laughter. And it's like, I know I shouldn't have said that, but that's why it's funny. 
this is why, I mean, you've got kids. How early did your daughter, if, if ever, I mean, I'm assuming, but when your daughter, you know, was like three or five, ever drop an F-bomb or anything, and you're like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, what happened, it's funny you should ask, <laughs> um, I, my, um, my, in my previous home, we had a little deck that uh, looked out over the mountains and it was very nice. We'd sit out there, any dinner, you know, if it was a nice evening, we'd just you know, do it. And so some idiot had landscaped the place. And for about six weeks every year, there were these, what the hell were they, oleanders? I forget. There was some kind of shrubbery nearby that would become fucking infested with yellow jackets. Okay. They're just everywhere. And they would, they would fuck up dinner, you know? So, so yeah, they're was, not fun. They're not fun. So she was barely, she was like barely speaking. She was just like, you know, mama, dad, or whatever. And I was sitting out there with her one evening and, and the yellow jackets invaded and I had a fly swatter and I'm just taking them out left and right, like a serial killer, pap, 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 slapping. And every time I'm, I laid one down, <clears throat> squash one, I'd say something like, fuck you, you motherfucker, whatever it was, not thinking, <laughs> not thinking. And the very, the very next evening we, we sat out there, my daughter's in her high chair and she's going, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife looked at me and I thought she was going to kill me. I mean, oh, how did she know it was your fault? <laughs> how did she know? That was, it was a leap of faith, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. so I stopped doing that and she forgot those words very quickly. So, but you see that, that again, it's like you're, it's when somebody says something, that's the worst possible thing that somebody yeah. like that can say. It's funny. It you probably funny. fell out of your chair like, oh, was just, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Little two year old kid saying these things. Yeah. See, now, if you only had video. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he reminded his Netflix employees that comedy exists to push boundaries and told them if you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. So... For making the phrase, don't let the door hit you in the ass, never sound better. This is for you, Ted. And you know, you know, when movie lovers get together these days, one phrase that comes up a lot and always makes me sad is, yeah, you couldn't make that one today. Top of that list is the great Tropic Thunder. which the scolds have been after for years. But in February, Ben Stiller tweeted, I make no apologies for Tropic Thunder. It's always been a controversial movie since when we opened, proud of it and the work everyone did on it. See, people, it's not that hard. He said it, and he still got a commercial. And the... And the lesson is, if you stand up to the mob for just a day or two, their shallow, impatient, immature, smartphone-driven, gerbil minds will forget about it and go on to the next nothing burger. And you, you still will have your cojones. So I thought that's that was good a, stuff. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Let's hope it catches on, man. Yes. I mean, because he is has been the voice of the left. I mean, when Donald Trump was around, everybody mm-hmm. went to Bill Maher. So. So what has this done to his ratings? I mean, clearly this guy's done a, a you know a turn politically, and uh, I would I, I 
would think that his original core audience would would be very PC type people, and you know he's he's violating those tenets now. What's what's going on with his ratings? I'm not. I'll have to look. I mean, this was on his no. HBO show. I thought he was also hired fairly recently to do a weekend CNN show. So I don't think he's hurting right now. Yeah, and maybe he's the voice that the left needs. Maybe he is. We can have honest conversations again and understand that comedy is supposed to push your buttons. That it's okay. I mean, really. All comedy could be taken poorly by somebody. Mm. We've talked about that in depth with things like, uh, you know, Bobby Slayton's humor, the pit bull of comedy. Sure. If you walk into a show and you're in the front row and you're not ready to be picked on, then you're going to get it. And if you take it poorly, you're going to get it more. Mm. And that is something that the kids don't learn anymore. No. You know, if somebody makes fun of you for something, tell teacher, right? Have them arrested. <laughs> yeah, they're they're being let out in handcuffs out of the kindergarten yeah. class. Sure, they are. You know, this is where the the folks that can do the self deprecating humor the best win. I mean, I go to uh, Todd Snyder, one of my favorite folk singers, and he tells stories that are usually hilarious. And he tells one like he was playing at this little bar and there was always a guy sitting at the bar. And he's like, after, you know, a couple of weeks, I finally decided that I'd go up and thank him for, you know, hanging out and listening. And he's like, so I went up and thanked him. And he's like, don't thank me. I think you suck. And he's like, I knew what he meant when he said I sucked, but he wanted to go on and on about it. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. It's uh you know, it's like, I know I, you know, when people come out and it's like, if you take the opportunity there, if somebody tells you, you suck, you know, he's like, he's like, I hate the guys that he likes Eddie Van Halen and the Eddie Van Halen band. And then Todd makes a whole thing of like the, the best solo he could play is like one note, like, and he plays that and he's like, that's all I can do. Hmm. But I mean, you can take that one way or the other. It's like somebody insults you the best thing you can do to defuse that situation would be like, Hey dude, you suck. You're like you have no idea how much I suck Yeah, because then there's nowhere for them to go. It's once you allow them to know you're triggered. Sure. That's when everything goes poorly straight down the hill. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe more people would be like Bill Maher. That would be nice. It's a hopefully it'll inspire a trend because really that's the most powerful weapon is ridicule. And the only way to push back against these assholes is the way he did. Yes. And then you hear the, the way people like Keith Olbermann go, it's like, yeah, there's nothing. And the guy used to be a comedian kind of nothing Olbermann? even funny anymore. He used, you know, really? I didn't know. I thought he was like just some kind of a sports loud mouth. One of those guys, but, and overall loud mouth, I guess. But hey, what, who are we to say? We're podcasters. We're loudmouths. Yes. And we do a value for value show. You're listening to it. It is a weekly, what do we call this? A journey, a guided journey yes. through Planet Rage. We are a value for value podcast, which means we put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you've gotten any value whatsoever out of the show. And if so, you get to send some value back our way by going to planetrage.show. You can add the slash donate if you'd like to even make it easier. And we have a few people to thank for today's show, including our buddy, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley. Sir Sean, thank you. Coming in with his monthly 
20 bucks, which is appreciated. And I just sent him. He didn't ask for it, but he's he's been doing, uh, I think, 15 a month for just about as long to the rock and roll pre-show. And I had some mugs made up for that. So I sent him out one today and a bunch of other people, some mugs. And we're going to do something like that for, for planet rage. I don't know if it's a mug or if we have uh, a better idea. I mean, the trolls might have ideas on something we can do to thank people for supporting the show. I always thought it was good. Trucker caps are the way to go. Oh yeah. With, with profane slogans on there or just with the, (laughs) you you know, planet rage. It's a fucking show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, what? Hey, can you? What more needs to be said? I guess would That's be the it. question. Is it all in a phrase? Uh-huh. Like uh, our buddy Stu Coach from the UK coming in with the maybe satanic donation of six dollars and sixty six cents. Stu, thank you. And uh, Dale Junior coming in with some Satoshi. So I don't know. I mean, it could be it could be the Dale Junior, but I wow. doubt it. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> it's like yeah, but we'll take the uh, just the in name only too. Yes. We're grateful. I mean, if it's Dale Jr., the uh, podcaster slash race car driver, then, you know, I'd like a ride along. <sighs> if not, well, thank you for the 20,000 Satoshis, which is like $5.43. And he says, enjoyed my first listen. I mean, I guess oh. if it was a female, would there, are there juniors for females? That's a damn good question. Are there? I, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. And then I also noticed he was uh, sending in like one penny. With the Satoshis per minute listening, because if you're doing the podcasting 2.0 thing, and if you're not, you can go to newpodcastapps.com to see the apps that will allow you to do so. Besides sending in the one big amount and with a message with what they call the boostograms, you can just stream a Satoshi amount, which are just parts of Bitcoin for every minute that you listen. And uh, Dale Jr. was coming in at like 19 Satoshis per minute which is like a penny per minute which if everybody would do that while listening to the all their favorite yeah. shows it seems like nothing in the grand scheme of things yes but if you get that you figure that's uh it adds up quick it does that'd be cool like taxes there's no question about it <laughs> it all adds up very quick and then a very late boostagram from our buddy oh. comic strip blogger. So I'm going to have to read it. I was wondering, I checked my email. I did not see one. I thought maybe uh CSB had, uh, you know, that he may have jumped off the, uh, may have jumped off the bandwagon, the 1533 sats. I believe what it is. I'm just seeing here the, uh, what the cut is after we get it here. Cause there are fees and everything else, but yeah. the message is the M five M weapons of mass distraction continue their onslaught on an ever-growing blob of nihilistic death cultist intent on complete mental capitulation. Wow, this is good. Meanwhile, our powerfully performing podcasters of prowess, Larry and Darren, press on. Please accept this Bitcoin lightning boost as a contribution to your cause. Our only request would be that your producers are reminded of the Artificial Intelligence News Roundup podcast show we release fortnightly called AI.Cooking. Yo, CSB and Gwiff. Very nice. And a nice read, and it wasn't too shouty. Are I, you out of the doghouse with CSB? Is that what's going on here? I was trying to pull that back a little bit so CSB would be happy. I mean, it was yeah. late, so we didn't get it over to Larry. Because he's always like, ah, Darren, make Larry read. You are too yuck shouty. Go away. Sh- shouty, Darren. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. 
And uh, NetNet came in uh, 9801 is what I see. So I'm guessing it was 10,000 Satoshis with the message saying almost forgot it is Rage Day. Well, we have to get you better program, NetNet. Thank you, NetNet. Got to know when the rage is coming because then you can release it. It's all very cathartic. It all just works. But we appreciate everybody for donating to the show to make the uh, microphone sound good and the web hosting continue on and all that. It's every Monday, 1 p.m. Central. And we thank everybody for hanging out with us live. How many people do we got? 82. That's not bad. That's a good number. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah. Bring them along. Monday's one o'clock Central, which is uh, 11 a.m. on the West Coast. It's a great way to get your week started. Get either it gets you feeling better or it gets you raged induced. Either way, (laughs) it sets the tone for the week. And again, if you want to come in monetarily, you can go to planetrage.show. All of the information is there. And then when you're done with this show, you then tune, turn or tune. Well, you can turn and then tune to That Larry Show, thatlarryshow.com or on your favorite podcasting app or random thoughts spelled funny, R-E-N-D-U-M-B thoughts. And then you get more of Larry and uh, and me. You have any idea what's coming up this week on who's ruining the world again? Part two, part three. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, but just come on back. And I'm, I promise you, I'm going to get this thing done by Wednesday evening. I, I won't be this late again. So sorry about that. But see, it's podcast. And when you don't have a lot of people get used to it. And I blame John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry for making people believe that podcast should come out at about the same time and same day each and every week, because that's the rarity. Is that true? I thought most people, I thought like, I mean, isn't Rogan on time and Tim pool and all the, you know, the, but those big, are more like professional um, media kind of things where normal podcasters, it was usually, you know, we put them out when we put them out. There's mm. the set schedule, I believe helps people remember that you're there. Yeah. You know, and if you don't release a show for weeks, I think some people may drop off. I don't know if it really makes a difference if you're an individual podcaster and, you know, one week you release on Monday and the next week on Wednesday and the next week on Tuesday and the next week on Friday. I don't think it really matters really that much because it's all just being downloaded. Now, if somebody has a schedule where they're like, hey, I need every, uh, you know, Tuesday morning, I need my planet rage. It better be there. Mm And when I fire up the podcast yeah. app, you know, I get it, but it's know, I was little- never so late as I was this weekend. I did get several emails saying, Hey man, are you okay? What's going on? You know? So, well, that's a good sign. Nice. It's a good sign. When I skip episodes, I get crickets. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. You didn't do a show. We missed that. That's not entirely true. When I miss there, usually somebody on no agenda socials, like, Hey, everything good. Everything good. Especially after the, uh, you know, the, the arrhythmia issues in that, which again, another week with no real issues. So uh, this is good. We're liking this, Darren. We are, we are extending mm. the, uh, extending the streak, which is a good thing. Yes. Which again, don't know what was causing it. Don't know what made it go away, but one step at a time. Yeah. That's all you can do. Mm. So hopefully we will once again, be back next week on Monday, same rage time same rage channel we hope you can tune in live and if not we'll be there in your podcast catcher 
and tell like what 14, 15 friends, how many friends you got that did you guru? You got a lot of friends. Tell them about planet tell rage. Them, tell everybody, tell the world, keep watching the skies. Yes. There's, <laughs> there is uh, absolutely something coming. And then again, tune into that Larry show, random thoughts, planet rage and all the shows check out. If you want to find something good, quite randomly, go to noagendastream.com. You'll find something. I guarantee it. Now, if I can just pull the outro into the uh, player, we sure. can do this. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, come on, work. You got to stretch. You got to stretch. This is where live has uh, takes a backseat. See, if this was not a live show, it would just magically all work at the right time. Smooth. Uh-huh. That's called editing. And we're not into that. No. Until next lazy. week. Thank you for hanging with us, Larry. As always, I mean, have so much fun doing this. Always. Thanks, Darren. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Oh, world going to shit.